I've been watching quite a few um, Dhamma talks of our lineage, taking refuge in our lineage these last couple of weeks. You know, there's there's happy news of the mandate for the mask dropping and and the pandemic turning into an epidemic. It's a little a lot easier to handle. We'll be able to have people coming together again starting next week. Drop the masks, except for uh, anyone who would feel more comfortable having the mask. We'll keep the windows open for a couple of weeks as we move into this new, um, as we begin to gather again, keep the windows open until we see, you know, what happens as Oregon drops the masks mandate. Um, so it won't be too much of a, it'll be unpleasant, but it won't be too much of a burden to recognize, okay, we got to do it again. Put on the mask, close the windows. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, it's beneficial, I think, to ease into the change. And, uh, very fortunate to have the monastics coming in a couple of weeks. We'll be able to do a meal offering both. I mean, we can have snacks and chat next week. And uh, if, you know, if people bring snacks, we'll have snacks we can have chat still but <laughs> but it'd be really lovely to gather downstairs and have uh you know bonding time we haven't had this for a while so that would just be quite lovely so all this is uplifting what's not so uplifting is what's happening in the world i'm going to assume everybody is aware of the war that's going on in uh, Europe right now. And uh, the potential of a third world war could happen. Scary. We've had nuclear missiles and the states have even employed them in Japan in World War II. And so the potential has always been there. Push that button. One country pushes it, the next country most likely will push it. And now we have somebody threatening to do just that. For myself, this brings up an urgency that, God, that these teachings are always talking about. You know, there is death, guaranteed, absolutely. What are we doing? What are we doing? How are we preparing our mind? If it comes at this moment, where's our mind? that's gonna lead us into our next death. I mean, our next, <laughs> our next life and then our death. <laughs> but, 
our last, where's our mind? So it brings up the sense of urgency for me on what can I do? What can I add to the world, to the existing beings of the world today that's of benefit? And it's the same answer as even without this threat of a nuclear third world war. It's the same answer, peace. Where's peace? It's in here. What can I add to the world? I can add peace. I'm not going to pick up arms. I'm not going to kill another being. I'm going to add peace. How can I do that in such a time of threat and so many people losing their lives and suffering, losing their homes, losing their families, living under a constant threat of annihilation or personal death? If I can't do it, that tells me that that's my indication. That's my, it speaks to my level of urgency. You can't do that very easily, can you? I'm talking to myself. I don't know about you. So I should say, I can't do this very, very well, can I? I can feel a sense of urgency to take action. I can feel a sense of urgency to get damn mad and none of that's gonna help. What's gonna help is the action of maturing this practice to even a little bit more than it's at right now to direct my mind and my heart to a sense of peace, to an experience of peace. So peace, what I mean by peace is not that, oh, everything's beautiful. I just like, everything's okay. It's all, that's not what I mean, that's delusion. Everything is not okay. Being able to separate my knee-jerk habitual reactions from the acknowledgement of sadness that arises in my heart, given what's going on in the world today, the sadness for the losses and the sufferings, the physical sufferings and the, and the mental threats and the anguish of people's hearts right now. It could get worse. And this feeling of anguish could get harder for me to move, have enough space, recognize the space between the thought and that little bit of 
anxiety to go out with anger and, and do something about this. I can't blame somebody for picking up arms to protect themselves and their families. But I can strengthen my own ability as a soldier of the Buddhist teachings. I can be a soldier of the Buddhist teachings so that should one day I be called upon to help those around me who are suffering, who are unable to not pick up arms because they don't have that the same training they don't they're, they're suffering too much and this is what they need to do can i feed them will i have the mental strength to still take care of my fellow beings while all around me people are suffering can i do that I don't know, but what I do know is I have the urgency to continue to practice. To practice so that I can recognize the space between the arising of ill will in my mind and heart and my physical next step, my taking action. There's space in there. So recognizing the space, thinking of the arising of ill will, which is very natural in these kind of situations thinking of this as an object that orbits my mental state and seeing the space in between that and my actual physical reaction. There's a space in there. And that space, if we recognize it, that allows us to turn our attention toward the action of what, what is peaceful? What can I do? I can add to this world in this moment, peace. Right now, in my heart, in our hearts, in this moment. Peace with the reality that ill will does arise. Peace with the reality that It is so hard for me 
to not want to just jump on cars or and, and scream and yell for for the Ukrainians. It's, it's hard for me to not want to write a letter and say, get those jets to them. I can't do that. That's against, that's, you know, it's, I can't cut down killing. But boy, in my heart and my mind, I want to. I could feel it. But there's space between that feeling, that, that, those thoughts and the feelings that come up with them. There's space between where I will take action and what I'm feeling. I'm not going to fight these feelings. They're there. It's real. But what I can do within that space is what can I do to show my emotionally I'm with them. A little sunflower on my shirt. That's the Ukrainian flower. I can add peace to and peace in my heart at this moment is accepting that by golly, I want, I can feel there is a desire, there is a wish that we would just go in there with, supply them with guns, supply them with everything they need. That's I can make peace in my heart with that's just what's going on in here, but I am not going to take that action. So putting down the ill will and turning the mind toward what's actually beneficial, what's actually going to help. What's going to help is recognizing that this sense of urgency has always been here. We've always, we've had these nuclear warheads since World War II. I don't know actually when they came into existence, but, you know, for, for many years. And before that, as human beings, we've always gone out and killed each other. Taken over people's properties. It's urgent to be able to recognize, thank goodness we have the Buddha that came down and came down, <laughs> was born again and again and again, along with all of us, and matured to a, a point of recognizing I can actually make peace with the natural instincts of wanting to survive you know, the animal instincts, I can actually, there's a way to be independent from these natural instinctual connections with our mind, our heart and our body. We don't have to, we can put down the fight within ourselves. That's a step toward peace. We can be available 
by putting this down and committing to non-killing, we can, we can put it down and we can be available as a refuge for anybody or any circumstance. If we have the strength, if we have practice well enough so that we can still make wise decisions, even while all of us, all around us is panicked, even within our own selves, we're panicked. We can still look at the space between what naturally arises, the mental thoughts, the feelings around that, and the actions we take. Turn our mind toward this space. Recognize the urgency of being able to do this so that should we be so lucky to die of old age, we're, we're going to need, we will want that strength of character to be able to maintain during that period of our own death, to maintain our ability to choose where our mind, our actions are going to be, where our intentions are going to land. Recognize, acknowledge, accept whatever thoughts are going on and the feelings that arise around those, and then choose, am I gonna follow you or am I not? Am I gonna follow you or am I not? Choose peace. So I wanna read this little piece from Ajahn Pasano in this book that I read quite a bit out of over the years, Abundant, Exalted, and Measurable. It's about a retreat on loving kindness. It's quite, I'll read just a little bit. Skillful thinking in meditation. Directing thought to loving kindness is a skillful way of using and applying the mind that allows us to build a momentum of wholesomeness. In meditation, when we are trying to calm and still the mind, I think it's a common tendency to try to eliminate thinking and get rid of the thinking mind. A common equation comes up. I think, therefore I suffer. If I didn't think, I wouldn't suffer. Buddhism is for overcoming the suffering, so I must annihilate thinking. Usually what happens then is either the thinking explodes or we tie ourselves into knots trying not to think. We might be quite successful in pushing down and suppressing thought, but it never feels very good. Directing thought to loving kindness is a skillful way of using and applying thought in a way that allows the mind to build a momentum of skillfulness and wholesomeness. The thoughts are increasingly on the side of that which is kusala. The very nature of the kusala chitta is that it's peaceful, settled, and has a steady quality to it. Another useful way of directing thought is to the aspect of what in Pali is called samwega, urgency. The sense that there is no time to waste or to fool around. One of the reflections that the monastics are encouraged to cultivate on a regular basis is, the days and nights are relentlessly passing 
How well am I spending my time? That's a very useful reflection because it's real. Days and nights are relentlessly passing. They don't pass benignly. Each day that passes, we're older and that much closer to death. That's the reality. I managed to make it through another day, but I still have death as a reality that I'm going to have to face. So that is the sense of urgency, letting time slip by in a way that's frivolous, empty, or just propping up old habit patterns, recycling our th trusty companions of greed, hatred, and delusion. Where does that get us? We've all done it. We've all seen that it's not so fruitful. Bringing up those motivations for urgency, aging, sickness, and death, the impermanence and uncertainty of the mind and its moods is a skillful antidote to complacency. It's not something to flog ourselves with and turn into a neurotic obsession, but it is something that is essential in terms of needing to prod ourselves and not waste opportunities. Urgency is not a frenetic quality in the mind. A sense of urgency is a sense of motivation. Yes, I want to get up and get moving. Get up and have the opportunity to use the time skillfully to develop virtue, to train in that which is peaceful and to establish myself in wisdom and discernment. These are motivations. Again, it's not to turn urgency into something that is a frantic or a manic edge to it. That isn't particularly useful but it is helpful to have a sense of urgency. The first gathering that the uh, calm community of Abayagiri lay ministers, which was part of my training, a three and a half year training with Ajahnpasano and Ajahnamuro. The first gathering of that many, many years ago was Right after the 9-11, uh, we were all headed down to Abayagiri. And uh, some, some people didn't make it because they were living in the areas on the East Coast. So it was, you know, I entered into that. I, I did make it because it wasn't so hard for me that flights had all been canceled, uh, but I drove down. And so or a number, I think about nine of us had actually made it, there's 12 of us all together. About nine of us actually made it down. And I had that same sense of urgency that I have now. And I remember watching Ajahn Pasanos was so steady, so calm and at the same time so deeply touched by what was happening in our world and so empathetic with the fear that had risen in all of us and a real refuge it was just wonderful to be in his presence you know so accepting of the shattered souls that had gathered around him. 
we can we can be this. That was an example of what we too can be. This is our lineage. These are our teachers. This is our encouragement. Take these examples. Add peace in every moment that you can to this world. And rouse, if you can, a sense of urgency. There really is no time to waste. There never has been. <laughs>